Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, November 18th. S&P futures are trading up about four to five points. Asia rallied pretty much across the board. Uh, Europe opened higher, but has since faded. It's trading about unchanged. Um, so a bunch of news out over the weekend and this morning. I think the, the two main headlines are, um, so China, you know, the the wires are framing this as a as a surprise rate cut out of China. I think it's kind of more of a relatively um, evolutionary step rather than some kind of revolutionary monetary action. So they took their um, seven-day reverse repo rate, they trimmed it by five basis points, um, and they're probably going to guide the LPR, which is kind of their main funding rate, lower later this week as well. So you know they've been doing this now for a while. Um, where they're taking these kind of relatively minor actions at the margin on the fiscal and monetary front, avoiding the type of 2008 um, shock and awe policy or stimulus policy. So, you know, certainly not negative. Um, and it certainly is helping to rally the futures. And it certainly helped Asia overnight. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a large shift in kind of China's philosophy towards stimulus. So, And then the second big issue, obviously, is still trade. So the U.S. and China held a uh, phone call Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, China labeled that call constructive. I have not seen the U.S. comment anywhere on that call, which is a little bit notable. Although I don't, I'm not reading too much into it. So you know, it still looks like this phase one process is on track. Um, and actually, I thought Kudlow made an interesting comment Friday afternoon where he said that Trump and Xi may not have to sign this phase one agreement. So it could be handled at the minister's level, which would make it easier logistically, as you know, finding a neutral location for those two. Um, to go and and have the signing ceremony is is certainly a tall order. So if they wanted to wrap this thing up um, by the end of the year, um, you know, removing that signing ceremony from the process, I think, would certainly help. So, you know, it still looks like phase one is on track for for completion. Um, so those are the two big items this morning. So the China rate cut, and then and then the um, you know, the uh, the uh, trade comments about the constructive phone call. So, you know, the broader narrative for U.S. stocks is still the same, where you have this anticipation of uh, trade resolutions on a variety of fronts over the coming weeks, um, heading into you know positive year-end seasonal period, and that's and that's really kind of uh, I think the main underlying story. So there's a bigger concern now of missing out on this year-end trade resolution-induced rally than there is about getting long um, in the event of an underwhelming uh, phase one announcement. And so until that dynamic shifts, you know the S and P I think will struggle to to uh, sustain a material sell-off. Even though, as I've been saying, I think expectations are already quite generous on trade, um, and you already have, you know, excessive valuations or at least very full valuations, um, and you're not going to see a dramatic shift in earnings or growth momentum as a result of the trade resolutions. Um, and just tying it to that point, so you know, there have been reports now for a couple of days that Trump is going to come out and extend this Eurozone auto tariff decision um, by another six months. That has still not been confirmed, um, although it looks like the most likely outcome. And then on Huawei, it looks like they're going to come out today and extend the licenses another 90 days. So markets are really looking for some, you know, some permanent resolution to these issues, but really they're only being delayed um, until next year. So it, it remains to be seen kind of... Uh, how permanent phase one is, but it looks like you're kind of just moving a lot of these deadlines into 2020, in which case you're going to kind of come up to these events again. And if your company is operating in this environment, you're not really getting the resolution that you would hope for. You're kind of just getting, again, deferred decisions, which is better than the alternative, but it's it's really not a perfect case scenario. And if you're waiting for resolutions to kind of ramp up CapEx and hiring, et cetera, um, I don't really think that 
these November, December trade catalysts are going to do the trick. Um, so that's kind of the broader macro setup for today. I would say nothing major on the eco front today, nothing major on the data front today. We did have a bunch of political developments out over the weekend. So I'd, I'd say going back to Friday midday where you had um, Elizabeth Warren issued an announcement. Um, some of the wires made it out to be pretty important in that she shifted away slightly or moderated slightly rather her um, emphasis on immediately enacting a Medicare for all proposal. Um, and I think this is kind of in response to when she put out her Medicare for all kind of blueprint a couple of weeks ago it was met with, um, you know, bipartisan condemnation on both sides with a lot of Democrats calling it just completely unfeasible um, and unrealistic. So you continue now, I think, to see her try to dig out of that hole a little bit. Um, so you saw health insurers rallied a lot on that uh, on that news Friday afternoon, just as a sign of, you know, this whole concept of Medicare for all really does seem um, to have been, uh, you know, killed off, I think, in that you really don't see a lot of, you don't see a groundswell of support for it. It pulls very poorly um, and now you're starting to see even Warren, who was one of the bigger advocates of it, back away. Um, there was a poll out over the weekend that had Buttigieg up in, in Iowa in first place by a wide margin. So he continues. His poll numbers in Iowa have been rallying for several weeks. Um, and now, you know, he probably should be considered the front runner in that state, although you still have a lot of time between um, the caucus that's coming up. Um, Obama gave a speech over the weekend in which he warned the party about moving too far to the left, just talking about how a lot of the um, policy proposals, he didn't name names, but a lot of the policy proposals from Warren and Sanders um, are not going to resonate with the majority of the country, and they're probably going to lose the party um, at, at when they when they go to the polls in November. So the New York Times kind of had a bigger article just talking about how moderates are kind of quietly asserting control of the party and the messaging, et cetera. We'll see if that translates into um, actual political outcomes um, come the, when the primaries and caucuses kick off. But I do think that's an interesting development that you've been seeing now over the last couple of weeks. Um, Trump's last big kind of political test before November 2020 took place this weekend in Louisiana. Um, the Republican candidate, which Trump had been backing pretty heavily, um, lost that race. Uh, so the Democrat governor kept his job. Um, so that's kind of just the political framework in the U.S. Um, nothing too major on the micro front. A few international M&A headlines. Um, HP rejected the Xerox bid, although they still suggest that they are open to negotiations. It sounded more of a price issue than anything else. Um, and that is kind of it as far as running down news for today. Um, on the calendar for Monday, there's nothing really too important out. Um, I think just looking out on the, over this week, um, you have kind of three main buckets of news. So you're going to get the flash PMIs for November. These come out Friday morning for Europe, the UK, the US, Japan, and Australia. So these are going to be the first major economic data points for the month of November. Obviously, people will be watching closely, especially in Europe, I think, just to see if there's any rebound in what have been very depressed manufacturing figures, especially in Germany. Um, on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively, you're going to get Fed and ECB minutes um, from their last policy meeting. So, you know, I think the Fed narrative is is very well understood at this point. The Fed seems very much on hold. Um, that was the message delivered by Powell last week during two testimonies. So I don't expect either of those minutes to really be too groundbreaking. Um, Lagarde is going to give a speech on Friday. Um, this really um, is not going to be her first speech since becoming ECB president. So I don't, I doubt that would be particularly uh, important either. Um, so you have flash PMIs, central bank events, and then the last big bucket of news is going to be October end earnings, um, especially retail. So 
You've had now the retail earnings season kickoff. Walmart had a pretty healthy report, although it was more in line. And then you had two kind of beleaguered um, apparel-linked retailers with Dillard's and JCPenney on Thursday and Friday, respectively, had better than feared earnings. And you saw kind of retail trade very well late last week. Part of that was kind of a, a, a uh, pro-cyclical, pro-value pro uh, market rotation. So you have a lot of retailers on the tape this week with October and earnings that people will be watching very closely. Um, and then just quickly again, the... Um, the next Democratic debate is this Wednesday night. And then Trump and Tim Cook are apparently going to be touring an Apple manufacturing facility in Texas on Wednesday. Uh, so that is everything for today on the Vital Dawn podcast. And again, this, um, you know, the Vital Dawn written material out on the website has a lot more detail, a lot more information, a lot more news um, that this podcast is, is a compliment for. So be sure to check that out. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.